Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Just Minding My Business Radio where we are moving at the speed of God, learning what we didn't know we didn't know. I'm your host, Ida Crawford. And I'm your co-host, Ruth Haskins. So grab a pen and paper and get ready for information that you can use. Welcome to Just Minding My Business Media. We hope you have had a day that leaves you with pleasant thoughts and feelings of accomplishment. Today we have coming to the mic, Lovelda Vincenzi, a founder of world-class female speakers and co-founder of the Female Speaker Awards. Lovelda is an MC, moderator, and female speaker mentor, working with female entrepreneurs who want to be found, booked, and paid as speakers. She is here to share her journey from unknown to very well-known in the world of interviewers and speakers. Welcome, Lavelda. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, welcome, welcome. So glad that you're here. And I always like to, to find out how things got started. Oh, I, I think I had one of those bumpy journeys. Um, I say bumpy. I don't think any kid kind of grows up in school and goes, mommy, you know what I want to be when I grow up? I want to be an MC. <laughs> I, just, I, I didn't know it existed. Um, and so, you know, I went into business. I thought I was going to be an accountant, found that boring, then ended up in sales. And it, it just kind of evolved that I would be doing these side arrangements with friends to support them at their events. And I always got really great feedback. And then people started asking me how much I charge. And I thought, huh, I never thought of that before. So I made it up. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do. <laughs> I figured if you seem to think I'm good enough to pay, I have no problems with doing that. Um, and then I started getting found online I'd wake up in the morning and there'd be some like LinkedIn request through my inbox saying do you want to come and host our event um and it was when the first company had come to me and they were based abroad <laughs> and I thought wait a minute hold up hold up so I get to travel meet cool people and get paid <laughs> <laughs> jackpot yeah that is the jackpot <laughs> Indeed. So that's kind of where it started. So at that point, I thought, well, what would happen if I just told people this is what I do? And if I really gave it a real go, if mm -hmm. I um, took the time out and I learned how to sell and market myself and position myself, what would that look like if I was traveling the world and doing this? And so I did. And it seemed to have worked out okay. So yeah, that's pretty much how it all got started. Right. Isn't it funny how things find you that you're not even mm -hmm. thinking about? 
<laughs> it's normally the thing that kind of comes quite naturally to you that you think, God, I mean, honestly, for me, I thought, well, surely anybody can do this. It's not that difficult. Then I watched some other people do it and I went, well, what are you doing that like that for? Why did you, you know? And it was at that point I thought, maybe this isn't a thing everybody can naturally do. <laughs> maybe I just... Enough. Maybe I have a talent at this. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you got the gift. God gave you the gift. <laughs> yes. So could you tell us a little bit, you know, you said that, you know, you suddenly have the epiphany that mm, I can do this. What was it like the first time out or first few times out once you realized that you could really do it? When we don't know that we're doing something and doing it, it's one thing. But when we suddenly realize there's a whole package that I'm putting together. Mm -hmm. And you stepped out. How was that? I don't think it was that different because um, by that point, I'd done so many. I, I started by doing events in fashion. And if anybody's ever done anything in the back, I mean, it's the most chaotic place to do events ever. I don't do them anymore. I'm like, I will not. I am not excited about emceeing a fashion event. I thought it would be great. I'm like, the models, it's all like, no, it's chaos. Like behind the scenes was just nonsense. So I had a bit of a baptism of fire with some of my events. I mean, there was one I showed up to and it was a, um, it was an awards ceremony and fashion show. And I literally had nothing when I arrived. And when I say nothing, I had no bios. I had no designer names. Like I knew nothing. I didn't even have a running order. I had nothing. <laughs> the, org <laughs> the organizer said, oh, I'm sorry, my printer was broken. So I wasn't able to get it for you. And I just thought, what the heck? So I had to set up a little mini office to kind of, and, and have somebody run around and find every single designer who'd sent their bios and all like all of this in a beautiful package that never made its way to me and somehow convince these designers who were busy, they had makeup and hair and, you know, diva attitudes that they needed to now tell me what the heck it is they did. Cause I had nothing to go on. Um, and so I think once you've done that, when you got to an event where you had a stage manager, I was like, Oh, this is a walk in park. I can do. You mean you have people, you've got one person for the audio and then another person just, there's a manager. I'm, I'm fine. So it wasn't quite, quite so bad. I think it might've been different if, if, I, if it felt like scaling up, like the audience was bigger and the setting was bigger, but the context was more organized. So by the time I got there, I was like, I feel like I've had such a baptism of fire before that this isn't quite so bad. I know I've got this. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> the baptism of fire. Sometimes that's the best way to go. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and like I always say, you know, what we see the actual show, all the stuff that goes on in the background is always crazy. <laughs> Especially if always you see everything crazy. going smoothly in the front. If everything's going smoothly on, in, on the stage, you know that there's chaos behind you because oh. that's just the way it works. It, that's uh -huh. just the way it works. I brought a friend of mine along to an event that I did in Paris. And she's like, the fault, I don't know how you deal with this because I, I literally, I, I don't do this anymore. I've done two days in Denmark and then flew to Paris to do another two day event. So I literally got off the stage. They had to drive me straight to the airport to get on a plane, flew to Paris, 10 o'clock the next morning, I was back on stage. And they had me that evening doing the big piste de resistance. They had, you know, there was some major 
climate change awards that were supposed to be given out. And I, like a fool, wanted the big slot. So I negotiated to do this slot, right? And I remember going to bed the night before and thinking, this man has not sent me what I need yet. (laughs) Oh. Oh, no. And I got up in the morning and no word of a lie, looked at my phone and at one in the morning, he'd sent me through the running order for the evening's events. And I thought, I'm not looking at it. I'm not looking at it because I've got three panels this morning. And if I check that out, my brain's going to be fogged. So I'm just not going to look at it. Mm -hmm. So I left it. We went, did the morning. I had, I think I had one session in the morning and then this evening session, went back to the hotel, went through everything he'd sent. Of course, there were just, there were blazing gaps. So I had more questions than I had answers. Called him and I said, I'm coming back and I need you to sit down and go through this stuff with me like ASAP. And half of these things, he's like, oh, yeah, I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> I just thought, what the heck? <laughs> what do you and my mean friend is sat next it? to me like, how do you do this? And I thought, this is one of my favorite clients, but it's always, like, it is always this way. And to the point, that session, we were at the side of the stage because he just kept going, ooh. And then if you could, and I looked at him at one point and I went, no, no more. No more. <laughs> I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> oh, Wow. Wow. It must be exciting and fun, though, at the same time. I know it can be nerve-wracking. But what is it that you do like the most about your work? The people I get to meet um, and the connections I get to make. I think it's the sort of job where if you're going to do moderating and hosting and be in that sort of space, you have to have a genuine interest in people. Mm -hmm. And... And they're going to come from all different walks of life and they're going to have completely different experiences. And the thing that I've really come to see is um, underneath it all, they're all just human, right? So the number of times I've met with somebody and I thought, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. It's them. You know, I had to pull myself together. So I'm not like fangirling when I rock up and then um, I'll meet them and they're nervous. And I just think, huh, (laughs) human. Right. (laughs) Surprises, surprises. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I think that's at first you feel that intimidation. And then, like you said, it gets to human. You know, people make mistakes. Same emotions. Yeah. Same thing happens in same situations. We're just human. And I think it's so funny you said that because that's what the world really needs to understand at all parts of the globe. At the end of the day, we're all human. And I think the thing that I've always found fascinating, so I work a lot with women. I kind of, having grown my own speaking business, I also work with women to sort of teach the business of speaking and positioning. And one thing that I watch people do, I say mainly women, I only work with women, so that's all I can speak to. There's so much, oh my gosh, I can't because look at them. Look at, I'm like, girl, you don't know what they, what they're doing. That might've been 10 years in the making, that one thing, or this is just a front, but it's not making them no money. Don't get yourself sidetracked (laughs) by what everybody else is doing. Just mind your business, mind your business. It doesn't matter what they're up to. It doesn't matter what they're up to. And it's only half the picture. Because yes, that's so true in every, in every phase of life. And for women, we do tend to worry about what the other one is doing, what they're wearing, how they walk, how they talk. We worry about all those things and they're not important. Could you elaborate a little bit on that to help our listening audience get past themselves? So, so 
my mission is to empower authentic, powerful female voices. And to me, how can you be authentic if you're trying to be somebody else? Uh-huh. Like, how is that possible? How can you be authentic if you're showing up in the way that you think people want you to show up? I kind of eventually reached a point where I thought, if everybody's not going to like me anyway, because I'm not for everybody, nobody's for everybody. You know, you take, even you take big names that people love, you'll find somebody who doesn't like them. You know, Obama, somebody don't like him. Oprah, somebody don't like her. There's people, even the big names that are the most likable, not everybody is in love with them. And there'll be people who positively just do not like them, right? They might cross over a larger volume of people. And so when I thought that, got to that point, and I thought, well, if not everybody's going to like me anyway, then let them not like me. Not, don't, don't let them not like a version of me that maybe I don't like, the, the, who I'm showing up as because I'm trying to please them. Let them just not like me because then at least we're being real with each other. You know, you don't like me, that's cool because this is all I got. This is the best version of me. And if it's not for you, that's cool. Make space for somebody else to whom there is a version for, right? Mm-hmm. Step out of the space. You're taking up a seat. <laughs> you know, there's, there's other people who's supposed to be in that place. And the, the irony, I think, in business is that the thing that everybody's searching for is that unique proposition that thing that makes you unique. And the, uh, but the irony is at the same time, they're also doing everything the way everybody else is when actually the thing that makes you most unique is your unique talents, your unique perspective, your unique experience. Nobody else can do it like you. So why play? I mean, the one game you are always going to win in life is being you. Like you, you came in number one at that. You, you, you're going to knock that out of the park. Every time I can tell you, you were not going to knock it out of the park to try and be somebody else. It ain't going to happen. Not possible. Mm-mm. Mm, I love Is there a way that dead. people can start breaking that down? Because so many of us do walk out into the world because the world has a perception of who we're supposed to be. And we're told magazines, television, movies, whatever. We're told who we are supposed to be like. Mm-hmm. But in order to get to what, where you're talking, how does a person work or how do you work with people perhaps to break that down and, and get to the kernel, the guts of who a person is, pull that out of them or get I, them to pull it out of themselves? I think we already know exactly who we are. We're just too scared to show it. Uh-huh. Oh, I like that. <laughs> We're just too scared to show up because we think people aren't going to like it. We think it's not going to convert. We think it's not going to be acceptable. Um, I'll tell two stories. One of the key turning points in my career as a speaker, I love dancing. Like I did ballet. I was in all the drama classes. Like to me, just like, you know, I spent half my university time in the clubs. Like I didn't need to be drunk. I just needed to be boogie. <laughs> Right. Good music. I'm like, let me shake a leg. Right. That that's my thing. And I was emceeing this all female conference and uh, we came back after lunch, graveyard shift, and everybody was a bit, you know, lethargic, a little bit tired. And I knew the lady who was on the AV desk. And I said, listen, girl, can you just put on something that's quite upbeat? Like I could really do with something that's going to have a little bit of a pump to it. And she put on this song by Fireball. It goes, dun, 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 woohoo. 
dun, 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 dun. right? So I am now in my element, eyes closed, dun, dun, like, <laughs> yeah. I, I am having a party for one and I don't care. Like, you know, and basically I just told everybody else I needed to get involved. I'm like, come on, come in, shake it off. I had my eyes closed. I opened my eyes and no word of a lie. There's this chain of people, their legs are up in the, and I just thought, holy flipping heck, like what has just happened here? And after that, every break, it was the thing people wanted the most. And if you'd have told me that that would be my thing as an MC, that like I could just go on stages and be the craziest version of me, and that would be the thing that people would fall in love with. Because prior to that, I had to show up pro, you know, professional, you know, pull together, you know, very, very... But that's not me. <laughs> not that I'm not professional, but I'm that person who's going to go, let's have a little boogie. You know, I'm just going to be that person who's going to be a little bit silly, right? And the more I eased into that, the irony is I'm not for everybody. Like there's a ton of events where it's just not acceptable. They don't want it. It's too much, right? But the ones who do, they want it. <laughs> They're looking for that opportunity. They're like, yes, give me that energy. Like, that's what I want, right? And I thought, hold on a minute. This is the easiest thing for me. It was harder for me to show up and try and be pristine and hold it all together and do it like I see the other folk do. This is easy. This is just me showing up and doing me, right? So that's one story. The other is um, I recently interviewed the editor of a really large magazine here in the UK called Psychologies Magazine. It's a magazine around mindfulness, huge, you know, million, you know, millions of subscribers. And um, I met her years ago. And when I went to interview her, I thought, this lady's changed her surname. So I dared not ask what it was all about. You know, you don't want to be nosy. Like, I mean, I want to be nosy, but I didn't know her well enough to be that nosy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I best not ask. But before I jumped on to interview her, I went to do a little research and she'd done this article where she'd chosen to change her name. And um, so I talked to her about what that journey was and where she was at. And she goes, for the longest time, she'd been divorced for years and she hadn't changed her name because it was her career name. And how was that going to be? Her books are published in that name. Her son's named, you know, he's got that surname. What's that going to look like if she changed her name? So I said to her, babes, just curious, did anybody care? And she went, not, nobody at all. Nobody gave a hoot. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody cared. So half the time, all this drama, it's just, it's stuck. People are too busy in their own stuff to give a hoot about what the heck you're up to anyway. So I think when you understand that most people are more concerned about themselves than they ever are about you, you've got freedom to kind of show up and, and, you know, to the question of what do you do, just test it, just play, just stretch yourself that little bit more and see what happens. Yeah. You know, perhaps you might find that there's a little kernel of magic, that that one thing you were hiding is the thing that people are most in love with, that they were waiting to see, that your mm-hmm. connections are deeper, that that thing you thought was going to be a problem, nobody cares. They didn't even notice you changed it. Like you've made this big kerfuffle about it and they didn't notice. And you know what, if they did, all it's revealed to you is that they were never the right match for you anyway. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Nice. Amen. And it takes a long time to wrap your head around that. Mm-hmm. Because as humans, we worry about criticism. We worry about what people think. 
until we don't, until we stop worrying about it. Until yeah. we get to that point in our lives, well, I'm doing all of this anyway. You know what I'm saying? When my bills get paid, it ain't Joe across the street or Sally down the road. <laughs> it's me. Mm-hmm. You know, and when you start really thinking about the real reality of the situation, it's like, I can't be anybody but me. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and trying to be somebody else is very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Number one, it's very uncomfortable. You've got to be who you are whatever that looks like, you know? And I mean, there's things we like about ourselves and there's things we may not like about ourselves, but that's the whole human race. <laughs> yeah. It's not just uncomfortable. It's, it's um, exhausting. Yeah. It actually takes a lot of energy to put on a show every, in, for your whole waking life. Like it's a lot of energy. Imagine what you could do with that. It's exhausting. Mm. I'm like, you know, if you're feeling tired all the time, maybe just drop the show. Yes. You know, that's so important. Uh, And especially right now, a good example is the fact that everybody's on Zoom. So there are some people you can get on Zoom with and you're just yourself, you know. Mm -hmm. But when you're in a corporate situation or in a situation where you have to have a certain amount of decorum, quote unquote, we do come with our show. We mm-hmm. do come with a certain look, unless we're really comfortable around those people and they know us anyway. Because it's not like being in a corporate boardroom or something where you're all facing, looking towards the front and everybody's trying to pretend, pretend that they're paying attention. You know? <laughs> this way on Zoom, we're eyeballing each other. You know? We'll turn our, our, our own face off. We'll turn our own camera on, off so they can't see us watching yeah. And we watch, you know, and we, after a while, you get to be very self-conscious of that. And we shouldn't be. We shouldn't be because bottom line, we're going to be who we are. And it's going to come out at some time. It's like, yes. Like that, children who are told to be on your best behavior mm-hmm. at home. And they come out and they're all pristine. And, you know, you think, oh, my goodness, you have such wonderful children. They're so well behaved. <laughs> And then as soon as you step out of the house, the little terrors run around. Exactly. Exactly. Street angels, house devils, you know, (laughs) and that's kind of the way we, even as adults, we present ourselves. Mm -hmm. We present ourselves one way and then there's another whole person out there. And like you said, I loved what you said about that one event where all of a sudden you ask for the music and you just let loose because these are part of each one of us. Mm -hmm. If we're honest, that wants to be able to do that. Yeah. We're so tired of holding it all together. Yeah. We're really tired of it. I love what I what I found is, well, two things. Firstly, we're just craving connection, right? Mm-hmm. And it's really difficult to connect to somebody who's not there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like it's <laughs> good point. It is difficult. We know those people. It's like, I don't know what it is. You just can't get in. You know, I'm coming, yeah, and they just and it's because they're not there. It's a show. It's a facade. It's really easy to connect to somebody where you just think something about them, you know, they're just so genuine, you know, I just, and you know what it is? It's because they have no show. They've just gotten to the point of saying, if you like me, you like me. If you don't, you don't. What I've also found is 
the more you do it, the better quality people you have around you, that the things you used to worry about are no longer a problem because they have none of those expectations of those levels of airs and graces anymore. Mm-hmm. They're in the same place where it's like, girl, you don't feel like doing your hair, don't do your hair. You know, I have a bunch of girlfriends who will occasionally we'll catch up. And we did a call a few months ago and these messages started going, girl, I'm in my pajamas. And it was like, hey, I don't care what you're wearing. I'm in my pajamas too. In fact, I'm in my bed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Literally, we just zoomed in. I think one person was out driving with the kids. She's like, I'm on my walk. to get my walk in you know the two of us are in our pajamas and the other one's like I'm not feeling well I'm just I'm having a bad day you know it is a duvet day and that's where I'm gonna be and it was just beautiful to say for me to be able to look back and say this is my friendship group right now right like none of us have felt the need to let me put my hair up and make myself no you know what I'm having I'm hanging out with a dear friend of mine I'm not doing it it's me you wanted, it's me you're getting, and this is where I'm at right now today. Right. And I think what happens is you change and everything around you will change such that it will fit. Mm-hmm. And then it's much more comfortable. Absolutely. But it takes courage. Absolutely. Ah, that is the word. It yeah. takes courage. Yeah. It takes a lot of courage to be who you are and pretty much get to that place of, you know, I don't care. I think, I think as you get older, Mm-hmm. You're more courageous. Yeah. You've been around the block a few times. <laughs> you feel like you, you know, don't care anymore. With it. You know what I'm saying? It is what it is. Take it or leave it. <laughs> yes. You know, it's, it's like can... you just have no tolerance or patience for it. I can't be bothered. I'm not doing it. You got yeah. a problem with that? <laughs> yeah. There you, there's the door. You don't there's want to be door. here with me. Absolutely. You are free to leave at any time. Yes. And I think your relationships are better <clears throat> when you're keeping it real. Mm-hmm. You're much better. People know what to expect. And you don't change. It's pretty much the same way all the time. You know, the good, the bad, the ugly. They know how you are when you get mad. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they when get to see like the them. full spectrum yes yeah. and that's what you those are the people you want in your life you want that people are, who are willing is. to accept you in all yes. those different places you know yes. that they happen to find you you know <laughs> on a particular day and they don't get all freaked out and worried you know mm-hmm. like, is everything all right is everything all right no i'm just being myself today this is it this is as good as it's going to get at least for the next 15 minutes <laughs> and they're, and they're okay but it does it. mean it does mean you've got to be willing to show up however you are, wherever you're at with those people. Because I used to say that shizzle. I was like, I want people in my life who could be around me, regardless if I'm in a good mood, a bad mood, if I'm crying, if I'm happy, I want them there. I only wanted to show people when stuff was good though. <laughs> oh yes, because that's the way we're groomed. That's where we're raised. That's where we're taught. Yes. Oh, you never let anybody know. What was, what is that? You never put your own business out in the street. Yeah. Right. You know, but actually you kind of have to (laughs) in order to get what you need. The real. At the moment. And not only that, it it allows you to relate to those other people that's been through that same road and they feel like, oh, wow, she going through that. I've been through that too. So I'm not alone. 
Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the beauty of all of that, for sure. So how do people get in touch with you? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, I, I am blessed with the name that the search engines love. Leveda. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, so, you, I mean, I'm pretty much Lavelle Da Vincenzi on all platforms. Uh, if you find me on Twitter and you send me a tweet, I don't understand that platform. I'm just going to keep it real. I'm hardly on there. There's a, I, I don't get it. I probably won't see it. Uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. I'm quite active on all three of those platforms. Just drop me a note. I'm pretty open. Pretty open. <laughs> <laughs> Neil, your organization, your company helping other women. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. So when I, as an MC, what would happen is I'd get on stages and I would often find that the proportion of men to women on stages was unacceptable in my eyes. <laughs> Let me just put it that way. And um, the same event, I lost my mind and thought I would dance like a loony tune. I also got on my soapbox because somebody, I was doing a panel and somebody had asked a very innocent question to do with speaking. It was an all female event. And I found myself on my own soapbox going, you ladies, you need to get out more and you need to. (laughs) (laughs) And then I caught myself and remembered that was not my job. And I got back in my box, but it stuck with me. So I did a little bit of research and discovered that one of the challenges that organizers have is that women are harder for event organizers and event bookers to find. And I thought that was a load of rubbish. I thought that can't be the case. I know a lot of women who tell me they speak and they're speakers. Surely this is nonsense. So the company kind of started there where I thought, well, they're looking for us. We're looking for them. If we just get together, ladies, surely we can fix this problem. Because to me, this seems like a really simple issue. Like, it, why is it this deep? And when I did get everybody together, it turns out, put them all in a Facebook group and there'd be loads of talk in the group. And then I'd say something like, what would be really cool is if we could share like each other's like videos on YouTube. And then there'd be crickets. <laughs> Radio mm. silence. And I was talking to a friend and I said, what's going on here? And she goes, the belt, I just don't think they've got any. So what do you mean they don't have any footage? Like, how would you be a professional speaker and not have any video footage? And to me, it kind of baffles me. I go, if you say you're a professional model, you're expected to have headshots. It's just normal. That's what you'd have. Right. Um, and if you, if you presented, oh, here's some photos of me on the beach with my friends, People would kind of go, you're no professional, but that's what female speakers do. Oh, there was this thing I kind of recorded on Facebook. You know, I did a live. I'm like, but you want to get paid to speak on large international stages. And you think that a book is going to look at your Facebook live in your house where you're handshaking and based upon that footage, (laughs) (sighs) pay you how much? (laughs) Right, exactly. You know, or I'd, um, I'd be working with these business owners and they'd say, I'm, I'm speaking and I'm open to speaking gigs. And I would get on their website, nothing. I'm like, how the heck? I'm an organizer now coming to your website. I'm going to search for you. But nothing tells me this is what you do. But you, and you're wondering why you don't get books. <laughs> okay. Right. So I thought, you know, I worked in sales. I built my career myself in about 18 months, international, like I've introduced some pretty cool names. I'm not going to name drop, but I've introduced some pretty cool names. And 
so I thought, well, this I can help with. You know, I, I never set out to be some sort of female empowerment coach. It was never my intention. I was, as a child, we're a family of five. Lavelda is always on the fence. Always. If there was a family argument, don't look to me to split hairs. Because I'd be like, well, you know, they've got a point. But you know what? They've also got a point. I'm just not one to <laughs> I never intended to advocate for anything. But... To me, it really upsets me not to see more women out there in using their voice powerfully. And to me, it doesn't mean necessarily being a professional speaker, but anybody who's got a desire to use their voice to speak on large international stages has got something to say where they, you know, they need to, to me, I'm kind of like, it's, it's incumbent upon you to be empowered to get your voice out there and and to me, it's less about looking at what everybody else isn't doing or what opportunities aren't available and more about looking and going, well, have you actually done enough to put your name out there? I want more diversity in stages. How are we going to have business events where all of the speakers are men, but half of the audience or more are women and we're mm-hmm. expecting? No, no. <laughs> but I can't get upset if if women around me are not putting themselves forward enough for one reason or another. So I wanted to, I wanted to be part of the change I wanted to see. And to me, it wasn't about having women on stage being more manly and kind of got to the point of what is it I'd love to do. I thought I really want to empower authentic, powerful female voices. And so that then became my mission and my mantra. And I happened to do it through strategy and sales and systems because that's what I know how to do. Right? You know, it's not about teaching you how to speak better. It's about kind of going, girl, where's your logo? And those things you said you did, you need to put that up there. And where's your contract and all of that sort of business stuff. And how do you negotiate a sale? That stuff that means that we can wrap your head around the mindset stuff. Cause most of the ceilings are our own. It's got nothing to do with capability. We're just not there. We're not showing up. Um, yes. And I want more women to show up and not have it on the back burner and not have it as a second thing because somebody's got to do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, just be, it sounds like you deal with the logistics, the, the, the stuff that needs to be in place to get the job. It's, and a lot of people in any type of business, they have the gift to do it, but they don't have all of the other pieces to make it to to make it go viral so to speak yeah so people know what they're doing so they become a a best kept secret because they don't have all all these other pieces in the in the mix Hmm. that's awesome yeah i i'm i'm sick of the female best kept secret i'm like no let the secret out the bag ladies people need to know (laughs) (laughs) release the secret let it out share it yes yeah Women have a lot of powerful stories and a lot of times we're probably the first, I'm not going to say generation because it's multi-generational right now, you know, women speaking and talking out, but the history has always been that women are supposed to be seen basically like children, Mm. seen and not heard. And we've always had predecessors, you know, even in the 1800s, there's always been a woman somewhere who dared to speak out and usually she got punished for it. Mm-hmm. Now, women are like, I dare you. I'm going to say what I have to say, like it or leave it. But I'm going to say what I have to say. 
And if you don't like my truth, well, you know, same routine. There's the door. There's you know? the door. But that's the power of it, I think. And women like yourself who tapped into that. You know, I want to thank you, honestly, but tapping into that reality mm -hmm. and giving women basically permission to speak. You know, we don't give ourselves permission to speak. We're so concerned, unfortunately, about what other people think. Mm -hmm. And yet when we sit down together, we find out that most of us are thinking the same thing. Yes. And it's like, and then, like you said, you ask, you know, well, where's the proof of what you're doing? And you get crickets. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden, it's like we're afraid that we're going to be revealed. And I know what that feels like. You know, I, I, I suffer from it. I'm going to be, I could be the poster girl. But it's real. And to have someone of your energy, honesty, and uh, you're so articulate with it. I hope our audience is listening and somebody stands up and says to themselves, you know what? I'm going to open my mouth and speak because I have a story to tell mm -hmm. and people need to hear it. That's what you bring to our listening audience, the courage to speak. You shouldn't write a book. If they haven't already taken that title, that should be your title. <laughs> Let me write that one down. Girl. The next anthology, <laughs> the courage to speak. Mm -hmm. courage I'm gonna take that. Speak. The courage to speak, and I like that. I'm not gonna sit here and say I always got it right. I mean, I remember um, when I when I started understanding that I was quite intuitive. I say was, I am, and it used to terrify me because the woo woo people did that, you know, and they wear the hippie clothes and that's just not me. Like I'm a sensible person. <laughs> and so I just thought, Oh dear God, how am I going to be accepted? And when I eventually had the courage, I remember I had a coach of mine and she was like, Livalda, until you speak this, it's going to get in between you and your ability to do your work. Because now there's a significant part of who you are and what you do that you're concealing. So you need to speak it. And I remember doing that. I was shaking my hand. Hi, ladies. I'm doing this Facebook Live in my group now. Hi, ladies. Shaking. <laughs> like, I mean, I had to work myself up. I don't know that anybody watched the thing, but it was just terrifying to go. So I've got this thing where, you know, I just have really good senses about stuff. <laughs> But what I started finding was I, I would be on calls with clients and it would kind of come out some way in like, or a sales call. And there were all these other closeted woos, right? <laughs> like, like me, who were too scared because it's like, no, you know, they, they were very structured. They were in accounting or kind of serious tech, you know, tech folk or whatever, serious professions. And, and so whilst they kind of like, I get this law of attraction and, you know, I'm, I'm open to that stuff and I, I speak about it and I'm, you know, quite metaphysical and, and they've got that side to them. They dare not tell folk because people aren't going to take them serious. But as soon as I would mention something, I, honestly, it was like a spout of calls one after the other where it would then be, oh, okay, you too. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Oh, okay. But don't tell anybody else. Is that, yeah, yeah, it'd be our secret. And I think it's just, you know, when you can dare to speak up, you probably find a lot of people around you, give them permission to do the same. Okay. And it's not always easy, but um, you end up with much richer relationships. It's the only way I can put it. And fundamentally, it's just easier. <laughs> it is. you know, it's been a journey. It's been a journey. I, I still have moments where I'm like, can I? 
<laughs> and then I kind of go, I'm going to put it out anyway and see what happens. Yes. You know, see yeah. what happens. At the end Pop of the day, you know, you either get a boo or yay. <laughs> uh-huh. But or you get that cricket. feeling that you did it. Yeah. I'm going to say, Ida hit something right there. There is something powerful when you take your truth and you put it out there. Mm-hmm. And I did that a couple of months ago. We had um, a group of friends got together and we had a poetry read. And, you know, you just bought your poet. No one, you know, was famous or anything. Just friends with their yeah. stuff. And when I put, out, put it out there, it was like, I was expecting to hear, you know, you know how you get that sound in the room. I started getting texts because we did it on Zoom. And they started texting back. That was powerful. That was powerful. And you know what? It was that. It was such a release. It, like, it almost took a break off my life. That's what women need. That's what people need. We, we put breaks on our lives because we think we're so worried about what people think. And when we get that moment of power, of speaking our truth, it just, it, there's a release yes, that happens. Is. Yes, it is. And it, it literally changes your life forever because you know you can never not speak your truth again. Yeah. So. We came into these bodies to have a full human experience. So why put a put the brakes on it? You know, if I'm here to have my human experience, then it's it whatever is here right now, whether you define it as good, bad, or something in the middle. And and to me it's been really powerful to play with this idea of well, what's bad? is it bad? Yeah. It's just an experience my ego didn't want, but is it actually bad? And it doesn't matter what it is. Um, oh, something, I wasn't going to share this, but okay. Apparently I'm sharing. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it. <laughs> yes. Brace yourself. I was like, it's not, it's not, a, I say it's not a secret. It's not something I've shared before. Um, so and it's, a, it, you know, my husband and I have talked about it and he was like, are you okay to share? And I'm like, at some point I'll share it. But, you know, I just hadn't shared it before. So when I talk about is an experience good, bad or indifferent, I recently had a miscarriage. It's like first time it's out there. Um, and to me, it was kind of interesting because you can look at that experience as a really negative experience. And I wouldn't recommend it. It's not pleasant. <laughs> I'm not going to say it's a great place to be. It's like, you know, it's kind of a wish. It was like pregnant, not pregnant. I was like, heck, you know, what do I do? How does this work? You know? Um, and I remember kind of going, well, first and foremost, let me just cry the hell out of this thing. Like, I'm just going to be in the emotion of sadness because that's where I'm at. And I'm just, I'm going to let it rip. And I'm just going to, you know, be a puddle and just let the whole thing out. And yet at the same time, I've gone, huh, do you know what? This was just, the, the, the lesson in this was, y'all ain't ready. <laughs> your car's too small. Your house is too small. <laughs> like, like, y'all really have done no thinking about this at all. You've been winging it and it was going to be stressful as all hell. <laughs> like we'd have made it work but it was going to be stressful as all hell. So I feel like, you know, on the one hand, it's upsetting and it's, it's not a pleasant experience, but if I'm all safe to sit with that and go, it's not an accident. So what was the gift? Like, what can I take from this experience that actually enriches 
where I move forward. And I use that as an example, because often when I've said like, there's a gift in everything, then people kind of go, well, there's no gift in this. And I'm like, well, it's not nice. It's not pleasant. It wasn't, it doesn't mean that the experience in the moment left you full of joy, <laughs> right? You can, right? You can experience the anger, the hurt, the, the grief, the upset, but were it not for that experience, something else doesn't happen, mm-hmm. right? Something else doesn't have an opportunity to exist were it not for this experience. Only because of this experience does the next thing happen. Mm. It was a turning point. That's the gift, right? Um, And so if you take, you know, something that all of us are experiencing where we all went into lockdown, regardless of whether that was a positive or negative experience, you know, you get to see, actually, I can spend a lot of time with my partner and that's great. Or you get to see, do you know what? I've been putting up with nonsense for the longest time and I'm actually really done. (laughs) Like I'm really done. (laughs) I get to see that I have put myself on the back burner for far too long and I'm done playing this game. Like this is my life. It's just been intensified and I don't like it. But were it not for that intensity, you wouldn't see it. Mm -hmm. Oh, you would have continued to play out in the way that you were. So, so I say this because we have this definition of this is good and that is bad. And I fall into it myself and yet it's not good or bad. It's just an opportunity wrapped in a package you don't like. There you go. <laughs> and that's so true. That is so true. And wrapped if anybody the out there really thinks about it, they could, it has to be, it, it's true. Because when something happens, it brings something else to light. Always. Mm-hmm. Always. And if you really think about it, you'll see it in your life. You just, if you just go back through your life, when this happened, mm-hmm. I did this. I wouldn't have been here if that hadn't happened. And mm-hmm. everybody has said that at some point. <laughs> Everything in my life has brought me to the point place where I am right now. And yeah. was it good or bad? At the time, it felt good or bad. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, is that it just was. It was something that happened in my life whether I caused it somebody else caused it whatever and I love what you're saying um, I'm not going to add anything to that because our listeners just got an earful of some valuable valuable insight you know and I'm sorry for your loss and yet like you say sometimes what seems like a loss it's a blessing it turns out to be a blessing and it turns out to be like you said didn't happen then was for a purpose Mm -hmm. you get lessons someone said it to me recently we come into this world to learn Mm -hmm. and not all the lessons are lovely some are absolutely beautiful some of them are painful some of them make us cry buckets of tears but when the tears dry up Ah, it's like a rainbow comes out. Mm-hmm. You know that special kind of rainbow after a sudden thunderstorm and then the rainbow comes out and it's like the sun is like gold. It's yeah. like everything is shimmering. Yes. Those are the lessons well learned. Yes. Yes. Indeed. I just absolutely cannot wait to the day that I can actually meet you in person. You yeah. are a phenomenal woman. Yes, you phenomenal are. Phenomenal woman. See, we can't wait to come to London. <laughs> 
Yes. Oh my goodness. Oh my God, you oh. are. As soon as I saw your face, it was like, oh, this is gonna be fun. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when we have people with energy because it just helps the whole conversation and everybody can be have fun. And that's what this is about, having fun. So before we wrap up, please, 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 if women want to connect to you and get involved with what you're doing, and please give us your information one more time. Yeah, so it's Lavelda Vincenzi, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, all of those platforms. And, you know, if you want a free gift, I, I've got um, something called a speaker marketing blueprint where I pretty much, what I did is I took how I built my speaking business, like what I did before, during and after. So I built all of those marketing assets. So I had my video testimonials and all that, all of that good stuff. I put it all in a downloadable and you can have it. It's all yours. Uh, you just go to worldclassfemalespeakers.com forward slash speaker marketing blueprint. That's it. It's yours. Find me, DM me, connect with me. Just tell me you found me here. I like love meeting new people. It's fun for me. Okay, absolutely. Well, we are so grateful that you said yes. And thank Tamara. Oh. Definitely going to have you back again. Yeah. Because this was fun. And I love This was such fun. a good conversation. I love these sorts of, I don't know, like rich conversations. And I'm like, mm. yeah. Mm. <laughs> That's what we love too. I'm so glad that you enjoyed it. Yeah, and that you know you you bought it. You yes, bought you yourself did. to it. You Thank you. And you did. didn't hold back. It's it's just it was, it was delicious. That's what I say. These are those delicious conversations. Yes. Yes. And Couldn't agree more. I just want to eat it up. <laughs> yes. Your business through just mighty my business media has exposure on internet radio, major social media platforms and now TV through Just Minding My Business dynamic digital marketing platform. Don't listen to the word on the street. Hear it for yourself. Visit jmmb.assistercircle.org to learn how you can take your business, your vision, to the next level. Thank you to the amazing women of Assister Circle Empowerment Network Asin LLC, and our media partners. Voiceovers by RCH Voiceworks for when you want to be heard. Call 443-620-4115. Just Minding My Business Radio. I'm your host, Ida Crawford. And I'm your co-host, Ruth Haskins. We hope you enjoy the show and appreciate you stopping by. Many blessings to you and yours. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. 
No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.